When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, first question, is week two a better slate of ACC games than week one was? It is not. Um, Who is the best FCS team on the slate, in your opinion? Oh, dear. Um, And are they better than James Madison? Oh, certainly not. Um. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure that East Carolina or Georgia State is better than James Madison. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not either. I mean, the names that stick out here, and I don't even know if it's – I don't know enough about them, but they just stick out. Indiana State, William & Mary, Holy Cross. I might know them more from basketball season than football. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I Yeah, I, I don't think that the, the FCS slate is quite what James Madison was last year. Here's what I will say, though. I think that there's a lot more interesting, like, top-level games. If you look at, like, the top five games of the weekend, I think there's more intrigue there than maybe there was last week. Um, we, we've got a couple of big don't, ones we're going to talk about. Don't, don't you disrespect Wake and Tulane like that. I, I didn't call that out specifically. That was one of the more interesting games of last week. You know, go Steam and Deeks. Yes. Um, yeah, we'll talk about a couple of these games here. I mean, we, this is the uh, we got ACC teams in the seven o'clock ESPN game and the eight o'clock ABC game. I mean, so that's a couple of headliners right there. And then there's a, a couple of other really interesting games scattered throughout the day, I think. So uh, we're going to dig in here. Week two in the ACC. Uh, week one, not a lot of surprises until the very end. Uh, the last couple of games kind of caught us both off guard. Other than that, the weekend went largely as we expected. We will see if we have a uh, a better, you know, a better pulse on things as we go here into week two. Mike, let's start off. Like I said, seven o'clock ESPN. The number two Clemson Tigers, a twelve point road favorite in College Station, Texas, against the Texas A and M Aggies of one Jimbo Fisher. Welcome um, back, Jimbo. Welcome back. Welcome back. We hardly knew ye. Um, Clemson comes into this game 1-0. Texas A&M comes into this game 1-0. Neither of them played anybody of note last week, so Lord knows what this is going to be. 12 points is a lot on the road, Mike. How do you uh, how do you feel about this game just right off the bat? Uh, don't know enough about Texas A&M. Know a heck of a lot more about Clemson. It is on the road. 12 is a lot on the road. I'd like Clemson to cover 12. I'll leave that's, that there. That's that's, that's kind of cool. where I'm at. With, yeah, that's... That's where I'm at with this game, Joey. I'm not going to bet on it. I'll take him to cover 12. Yeah, that's a lot of points if you're actually going to bet this game. Um, I, I'm i a little um, a little conflicted here. So here, here are my thoughts is that one of the things I said in the, in the season preview for Clemson in particular was this game would scare me a lot more for Clemson if this were week two of 2019. Um, the fact that it's week two of 2018 and therefore week two of the Jimbo Fisher era at Texas A&M 
I think that things are going to take a little bit longer for them to figure out, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. Um, he runs a complicated scheme. There's a lot of talent already in place there, but I just think that they're not going to get full effectiveness out of the scheme until uh, they have a little more time to fully install and, and really soak in everything. Um, now, but on the flip side of it, defensively, Texas A&M brings in Mike Elko. Again, they've got a bunch of talent. I think that Mike Elko's schemes are something they're going to pick up a lot quicker. Uh, and I think what's dangerous about this game for Clemson is if this turns into a defensive slog, you know, and, and a, a slugfest where two offenses really struggle to get moving and the defenses dominate the whole thing, it's a game Clemson could lose outright. Not to mention Kyle Field's a hard place to play. It's loud and, and it's, it's obnoxious uh, and all this. But, again, that's a lot of points, and Clemson's a big favorite, but it's, it's a little bit of a landmine if you're not careful. Um, overall, I – I don't know if I'm with you. I think I'm going to take the points here with A&M. Uh, I think I'm going to take Clemson outright, but 12 is just too much for me. Uh, I'm going to lean like a 10-point win for Clemson maybe, maybe go something like 27-17. Um, I think they're going to get something done. But, yeah, give me give me Texas A&M and the points. But more importantly, Mike, the total here, 54-and-a-half, that's too much for me. That's too much. I think these defenses are better than the offenses. I think that the uh, this is going to be a bit of a low-scoring game. Mike, under 54 and a half. And to do it a little bit differently, let's just throw it out there right now. This is my ACC pick of the week. Clemson oh. A&M, under 54 and a half. Right out the gate. First game, first game we preview here in week two of 2018, and you already make your ACC pick of the week. Okay. That's right. Okay. Lock it up, Mike. Bring Lock it. it up. Lock it up. Okay. Anything else on that? Nothing. Nah, I think we're good. I think we're good. <laughs> I, I don't really have much to add. I think Clemson's pretty good. I don't know about Texas A&M yet, so we'll see. The, the thing is, though, that at some point Clemson has to go to uh, Trevor Lawrence in this game. This is not not the environment you want to go to a freshman quarterback in. So I, hope hope that Kelly Bryant gets it done here. I, I would agree with that, but I also think Clemson's cool with playing both guys. Like. They were kind of cool with it last week. They went to Trevor Lawrence pretty early last week, and it wasn't like the game. Well, I mean, they played Furman, so the game was out of hand basically when, you know, toe hit the leather. Um, but with that being said, Trevor Lawrence is playing early and often in that football game. I wouldn't be surprised to see Dabo just say, you know what, let's play both. Um, give him a little bit different look. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is definitely the better passer of the two. Um, we've chronicled that at length. So I don't know. It'll be an interesting It'll be something interesting to watch regardless because it is a test if you're going to throw a true freshman in there, that's for sure. But he's very talented, so we'll see. Sure is. We'll, we'll have to see. Hopefully they don't have to go to him, but maybe they'll choose to go to him. Who, who's to say? Mike, moving on. At 8 o'clock, ABC, the big game. This is the Keystone Classic, Mike. I don't know if you knew that. The, the Keystone Classic. We can drink Keystone together and watch it if you want. Uh, I think that's that's how this game is meant to be watched. Okay, well, perfect. The Pitt Panthers, a nine-point home dog to the number 13 Penn State Nittany Lions uh, coming into this one off of a damn near miss against uh, Appalachian State. As I, as I said earlier today, they, they almost got apt, uh, as Big Ten teams have been known to do. Shout out Michigan. Whoops. Uh, yeah, Penn State had that game locked down and won uh, last week in uh, in Happy Valley. And then next thing you know, Appalachian State comes roaring back and has a leave of like two minutes to go. Uh, Penn State salvages the game, wins in overtime, but that was a, a really near miss for a team that was really dominant last year. Pitt coming off a game where they, I mean, it was a ho-hum win over Albany. We didn't really w learn all that much. They kind of cruised for a lot of the second half. 
Nine, I, I again, this is a really intriguing game for me, Mike, and I, I don't know that we got quite enough of a referendum on Pitt last week to know uh, what, what to expect from the Panthers here. But nine points outside of a touchdown, that that may or may not be too many. Uh, which which way do you lean on this? Uh, well, I'm going with Penn State here, and I think they'll be fine. And I think they'll probably cover nine, even though I think that's a big number. But they're playing at Heinz Field. It's not like this big, imposing environment. Um, easy for me to say as a Virginia Tech fan. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, what do you think of Pittsburgh's defense? We don't know yet, right? Like, yeah, that's the real question. Like, do you think they're going to be improved this year? Do you think they'll be ready to go against Trace McSorley in week two? Because Penn State's offense at times last week looked a little bit sluggish. But when things were clicking, they were really, really good, <laughs> primarily in the third quarter uh, where they really got rolling. Um, if you think Pittsburgh's defense has any chance of standing up to Trace McSorley in that Penn State offense, then Pitt can keep it within nine. Uh, but if not, this could be a really high scoring game. And I don't trust either one of these defenses yet. Um, don't trust Pittsburgh mostly off of last year's sample size. They just got off a game with Albany in week one. So it's hard to really gauge where Pittsburgh's defense is at, but Penn state played a pretty competent offense in app state in week one, went back and forth. And like you said, damn near lost in happy Valley in the opener. Um, Penn State's got a lot of young talent on defense. I'm not sure they're ready to go yet. So I'm a little bit more concerned about Penn State's defense than I am with Pittsburgh's at this point because my expectations are a lot lower. However way you slice it and dice it, I think Penn State's a better team here. Over-under is 56, Joey. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that line? Feels a little low. Feels a little low. Joey. Yes, sir? I think I'm making my ACC pick of the week here. Is that right? Over 56. Over? I'm going over the 56. Going for a little shootout here. All right. Shootout. And I'll actually bet this game too. Um on mm. that on, on that over under. Maybe not on the line, but on that over under for sure. I think they definitely go over 56. If Penn State's defense is as bad as it was last week and Pittsburgh's defense is as bad as I think it is, yeah, that seems like a low over under to me. But I'm going to be fully ready here uh, when we get together early next week to talk about like the 17 to 10 game we just watched. Um, when it hits the under and I lose all my money. The the biggest data point that I have on 2018, you know, the, the 2018 Pittsburgh defense is that I've watched the 2015 through 17 Pat Narduzzi Pittsburgh defenses, and none of them have really blown me away. And, and every year it's gotten progressively less impressive Not in good. my mind. And so maybe 2018 is the year he turns it around. I mean, it, it could be, you never know. But to this point, I don't have a whole lot of data that tells me that he will. So I'm I'm with you. I, I think that this is a shootout kind of game. Any chance to me that Pittsburgh has of covering or even winning outright, I think has to be in like a lower scoring kind of game. Um, I, I think if this gets to a really high scoring kind of contest, I, I just don't think Pitt's going to be able to keep up, frankly. You're betting on Pickett versus McSorley, um, which, I mean, if you're in that sort of thing, be my guest. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not in it. Um, definitely not for it, I, you know. But. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I think I'm taking Penn State to cover nine here. It does feel like a lot of points, though. Um, I, I'm, I'd probably stay away from the line here, but I'm with you. I, I'd probably bet the over 56 here. I think this could be a fairly high-scoring game. I, I, I'm curious to see what Kenny Pickett and the, uh, the Pittsburgh offense give us. I think that, that could be uh, fairly electric. I'm excited for it because I do think Pitt has a fighting chance. So we'll see. we'll see what happens and see how it plays out. But I think in order for Pitt to cover that nine, have a chance to win. It, it has to stay under 56. I think that's their best shot to win, especially at home. You'd rather be in a defensive struggle at home down the road. 
I'm going Penn State 41, Pitt 31. Ooh, cover by point. Just by a point, but right. again, it's it's close, but that goes comfortably past 56 points. Uh, again, I think this is a, a bit of a shootout. Cool. Works for me. Keep it in mind. Uh, moving on, Mike, high noon, ABC or ESPN2, depending on where you are. Uh, it'll be on ESPN2 for me. Georgia Tech, my Yellow Jackets on the road in Tampa, taking on the South Florida Bulls in what is a uh, a bit of a daunting G5 game. I, I am not excited for where this game is going to go. Careful. Yeah, this is a, a super careful spot. This is one of those where Georgia Tech needs to play a, a good to really good game to win. If they come out flat, if they just roll their helmets out here and, and you know make a bunch of mental mistakes and all this, they're going to get beat. Um, South Florida is a talented team, particularly on offense. Their new quarterback, Blake Barnett, five-star recruit, you know, started out at Alabama. He's got a big old arm. He sounds uh, familiar. And they've got a huge receiving core. Uh, you just like four or five dudes who are at least 6'3", 220. I mean, and, and they're fast. I mean, they, they, they can beat you down the field. Um, now, it's, it's maybe a little bit different than what we saw last year, but I think that the, the shining hope here is, A, Georgia Tech's defense showed some really good signs last week, and B, USF's defense is, is pretty brand new. Um, they replaced basically all of their starters, and, and there's a lot of questions, especially at the linebacker position, where linebackers are a huge deal in stopping Georgia Tech's, uh, Georgia Tech's offense, and if, if your linebackers are out of position, there's going to be big plays left and right. So I have reason for hope. Um, I, I'd like to think that Georgia Tech is going to get some of the errors from last week corrected. Uh, they get Andrew Marshall back on the offensive line and shift some of those guys around, which might help. I think I'm going to tentatively take Georgia Tech to win here, but I don't feel great about it, Mike. Uh, Georgia Tech wins and covers on the road. I guess so, yeah. That's I took them uh, 31-24. Yep. I'm going to take Georgia Tech to win and cover here. Um, I don't I don't trust South Florida's defense in this game. I, I think the points that you made about the losses in the linebacking core matter uh, primarily because, like you said, big reason why you stop Georgia Tech's rushing attack is because your linebackers went at the line of scrimmage, fill the gaps well, uh, do their thing. And we're relying on a few new starters there for South Florida to figure out the option offense. Uh, I think Georgia Tech can keep the ball um, and possess it and keep it out of the South Florida offense's hands long enough to win this football game. I do think it'll be close. I think South Florida will score um, Georgia Tech's defense, obviously, uh, you know, played well last week, but it's an opener against, you know, a team that doesn't matter. So here we are in week two. It's a big test on the road. It's a noon game, which in that heat in South Florida is something to keep an eye on, especially early in the year. Um, but I think Georgia Tech wins this game and covers three and a half. It is going to be steamy out there. Uh, where, where are the dry fit shirts? I would recommend that. By the way, line in, the number in this game is uh, 61 points. It opened at 56, so it's gone up quite a bit. Um, so maybe something to look at if, if that game goes over. Um, it could. It could turn into a shootout, especially if USF is hitting big plays and giving them up on defense. I mean, anything could happen. So it, it feels like it feels like two new defenses almost. Like I get the Georgia Tech's returning a lot of starters on that side of the ball, but new scheme, mm -hmm. right? And then South totally Florida rebuilding a secondary. Yeah. So you rebuild a secondary, which I think in this game matters. And then mm -hmm. South Florida's defense, like we mentioned, like losses in the linebacking core, a couple losses up front. Like this is, yeah, keep an eye on this. Could go over. That, that's a big, big line, though. That's 
61's a lot. I mean, it's a lot of points, but could go over. This is a dangerous spot. Uh, Paul Johnson was talking on his radio show this week, I believe it was, that um, you know he uh, he was not the one that asked for a game at USF. Um, if he was doing the scheduling, he uh, he would not have made that made that choice. So somebody did. Yeah, this is one of those G five games that you can very easily lose. So careful, uh, Mike. Let's move on. At high noon on ESPNU. The Duke Blue Devils, a three-point dog on the road at Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern coming off of a, uh, a, a close win at, on the road at Purdue. Duke coming off of a comfortable win over a tricky Army team that we thought was going to be a little tougher. Uh, overall, a good showing. Do we like them going on the road now against a, a bit of a more athletic, more stout on defense, more talented Northwestern team? That Northwestern defense is pretty good. Um, forced a bunch of turnovers in that Purdue game, ultimately ended up being the factor in their 31-27 to win. Is Daniel Jones going to turn the ball over, right? I think that's really the key to this football game. Um, also, is Britton Brown healthy? Uh, he hyperextended his knee in the opener. He was playing really well up to that point against Army. So um, not having him potentially could be a loss. Um, yeah, I mean, it is a loss. That that would be pretty tough. Um but Daniel Jones taking care of the football is what you want to watch in this football game. Because when you see a line that's, you know, Duke plus three um, against a very tough Northwestern defense, it's all about whether or not they take care of the football on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Northwestern's offense, they, they're rotating a couple of quarterbacks. Uh, Clayton Thorson um, played a good chunk of the game last week against Purdue in the opener, but he's coming off of a torn ACL. Um, Northwestern's at home. Oh man, I don't know. I don't know what to do here. Um, ooh, this is a real coin flip for me. Um, I'm gonna go with Northwestern. I think they turn Duke over enough, and they're at home. Um, I think they win, and they barely cover. I think Duke stays within a touchdown, but I think Northwestern covers three. So, yeah, give me the Wildcats at home. I think we agree on this one as well, Mike. I had a question for you. The Northwestern's quarterback situation is, is a weird one. Um, they bring back Clayton Thorson from an ACL, you know, basically blowing out his knee. I started hearing about a month ago, people talking about how he had some NFL hype and then blew out his knee late last year or maybe in the bowl game and elected to come back. And the whole time I'm listening to that and thinking, when did Clayton Thorson have NFL hype? Because I don't remember hearing that name at all when we were talking about quarterbacks, you know, late in the season last year. I don't either. I mean, he was a competent Big Ten quarterback that got hurt, right? But like, I I don't remember that, do you? I, I really no. don't. I, yeah, I don't recall that either. Um, I feel like we're rewriting history a little bit here. Yeah, and all the, yeah, all of a sudden Clayton Thorson plays pretty well against Purdue, and we're like, oh, well, he was an NFL prospect prospect before he blew his knee out. It's like, well, that's not how I – not exactly how I remember it, but yeah. okay. Either way, he's back, and now people are calling him an NFL prospect, so we'll just roll with that, I guess. Um yeah, I, I think I'm just going to – so my thought coming into this year is Duke has games back-to-back this week and next week at Northwestern, at Baylor. I think I'm gonna, I, I said before they're going to split those games. I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to say this is the one that they lose, and I'm going to pick them to beat Baylor next week unless I get some you know egregious data point that says that I should pick differently. Um, so, yeah, give me Northwestern a, a bit of a better defense, uh, a, a little bit maybe more talented offense, something like that than – I don't know if you'd necessarily say that against Baylor or not, but 
Give me the Wildcats. Uh, let's go Northwestern twenty-eight to twenty. Uh, they they cover and beat Duke in a relatively close, you know, one-score kind of game. Total here is forty-eight and a half points, and that's pretty much on the money of what I picked. Um, if anything, maybe consider the under, although that's a really low number. So uh, not touch. It can kind of go either way. Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't touch this game either either direction with your money. So uh, just you know, keep that in mind. We'll move on, Mike. Let me look at the uh, TV schedule here. Where am I? Uh, Seven thirty on the Big Ten Network. Every every ACC fan's favorite TV channel. Correct. The Big Ten Network. Uh, our Virginia Cavaliers, a six and a half point road dog at the Indiana Hoosiers, Mike. And my first thought on this: Does that seem like a pretty uh, pretty decent number of points that they're down against uh, Indiana. That's I mean, do, do we have reason to think that Indiana is going to be significantly like decent this year? That was my gut reaction too. I was like, wow, uh, that seems like a big line. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I get it's on the road, but uh, you know, Virginia, there were some signs of life with that Virginia offense last week. I get that it was Richmond, um, but there's some signs of life there. And you know, I look at Virginia. They had a really good rushing attack last week. Jordan Ellis played really well, ran for like 140 yards. Um, I don't know. Um, you're really – we're sitting here in this scenario where you think that the Indiana defense can slow down both Jordan Ellis and Bryce Perkins. I get that it was the opener against Richmond, but both of them looked really elusive, a two-headed monster uh, as far as rushing the football. It's been a while since Virginia's had a dual threat, like a true dual threat rusher at the quarterback position who can still sling it a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm taking Virginia here to actually win. <laughs> um, six and a half seems like a huge line. Maybe Indiana's better, and I don't know enough about Indiana yet. Um, it's week two. But that seems like a huge line. I actually think Virginia wins this football game. I think they go to Indiana and win. Uh, so I, I'm going to take them out right here. Um, not making it my pick of the week, but it's close. I'm going to consider betting this um, famous last words, betting on Virginia, but give me the Cavaliers here. Yeah. Not? not always the, uh, the best move there. This is a, uh, this is an Indiana defense that just gave up almost five yards per play to FIU in a uh, 10 point win last week. So, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily feel great about Indiana here. I, I honestly, Mike, I'm going to have a moment of, of sheer honesty with you. I, I kind of, I wish we didn't agree on this because I thought I was being creative taking Virginia outright in this game, but I, I'm with you. Uh, I'm taking those points, and I'm I'm, I'm picking Virginia outright. I, I feel good about the Cavs. You're right; their offense had uh, had some signs of life to it last week. They uh, they ran the ball really well. Passing game work in progress. Yep, will probably continue to be so. I don't know that we're ever going to get a great feel for uh, Bryce Perkins' arm on, on anything, but. I, I like the Cavs here. Uh, I think that they, if they can run the ball and play decent defense, they can get this done uh, and, and get a good power five out of conference win for the ACC. I think this is a good year to get Virginia, or to get Indiana. Uh, I, I question how good those guys are going to be this year. And so, yeah, uh, give me give me Virginia. I think this is actually a pretty crucial game if Virginia's looking to go to a bowl game this year. They can kind of change their fortunes pretty quickly in this one. We mentioned this one in the season preview. Um with Matt Trogdon. We mentioned this Indiana game. So here we go. Let's see if they can make it happen. It might be big for the bull hopes. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's ride this train for, for better or worse and pick Virginia and straight upsets. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Mike, let's move on, man. I gotta be better on the schedule here. Uh, NC state, 
the NC State Wolfpack, 1230 on the ACC Network Extra. They're a 24-and-a-half-point home favorite against the Georgia State Panthers. That is a ton of points, but like you said, uh, James Madison was the opponent last week. I think this is a bit of a step down, even talking about a Sunbelt team. It is. It's a nice little tune-up game before they play West Virginia. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Give me NC State here to win and cover. Uh, I don't know anything about Georgia State, but they're not James Madison, and you're asking me to rely on them to cover three-and-a-half touchdowns, which I don't think they can do. So give me NC State at home. Uh, this should be a nice day for the offense here. Uh, it struggled kind of fits and starts last week. I think they get back on track and start rolling. Um, and I think it said more about James Madison last week. I said this in the recap. It says more about James Madison. I think that then it says about NC state. Like I think NC state's going to be fine. Um, I think they win this game going away and could set up for a pretty big game against West Virginia. Here. Georgia state was six and five in the Sun Belt last year. And then, just barely eked one out over the Kennesaw State Owls last week. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't get the warm fuzzies for uh, for the Panthers here. I When I listen to uh, other podcasts and there's, you know, a couple of hosts who are maybe emotionally invested in the Panthers and they're picking NC State to cover here, I think there's only one way to go. Yep. Um, so I'm with you. Give me NC State minus 24 and a half. And that feels weird to say. Um, total here is 57 and a half. Again, I'm probably leaving that alone. This is – you're really banking on Georgia State coming up with a few points and, and going over that total, I think, unless you want NC State to just do it all themselves. Um, which, they, which they could. Yeah. They I don't could. They will. I mean, but they could. Would anybody be shocked? I mean, if, if NC State won this game 56 to 3, would you be shocked? Like, no. no. And that would go over. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, they, they win and cover. Um, yeah, maybe they, yeah, maybe. That's something to think about. Um, yeah. NC State minus 24 and a half. Just, just go with it. Yeah, Don't ask questions. Technically, a step up in, in competition because Georgia State's an FBS school, but is it really? Um, yeah. I've got, for what it's worth, I, I've put some previews up for you guys on uh, insidetheacc.com. Go check that out if you want. But I've got NC State 45 14 here. That's a, a big win, and they're going to they're gonna cover, I think. Yep. Moving on, Mike. Last, uh, last ACC on FBS game we got, and it's the North Carolina Tar Heels on the road at the East Carolina Pirates. Is it is it really an FBS game, though? <laughs> Barely. Uh, 3.30 on ESPNU, and I'll be damned if East Carolina didn't lose to NCA&T last week. Um, so this is not really a, uh, a site for sore eyes, we'll say, as a, as a game. I think it's a good opportunity for NC, you know, North Carolina to bounce back here. This is a really disappointingly low line. 16.5 points against... A, a pretty atrocious Eastern Carolina program. I mean, UNC, you've got to cover this game. You've got to cover. You've got to look good. You've got to get your mojo back after a, a bit of a, a not great looking loss last week at Cal. I mean, East Carolina was three and nine last week, last year, and, and maybe looking worse this year. Like you, you've got to get this, get this right. I'm going to take UNC to cover 16 and a half. Uh, Give me the Tar Heels. Let me check my score prediction. And it was 41-17. I have UNC winning and covering here as well. Um, One quick note, though. I think it says more about North Carolina than it does about East Carolina that UNC is only a 16 and a half point favorite here against a Mm -hmm. really, really bad East Carolina team. So Mm -hmm. uh, despite that, I think UNC wins and covers with relative ease. Um, I don't think North Carolina is any good, but I, I know East Carolina is atrocious, so 
Um, yeah. I, I had a stroke there. Sorry. Atrocious. There we go. <laughs> uh, yeah. North Carolina wins going away here. I, I agree with you. Uh, Mike, that wraps it up for all of the games that we have spreads on. And I'm looking back on it. And there's only one game that we disagree on, and that's Clemson and A&M. Uh, the rest of them, Penn State minus nine, Georgia Tech minus three and a half, Northwestern minus three, Virginia plus six and a half, NC State minus 24 and a half, and North Carolina minus 16 and a half. We agree on all those games. So it's either going to go really well or really poorly for us this week. Uh, keep that, you know, keep an eye on that. Uh, other games we got this week, Mike, um, and we'll just kind of roll through these. Noon on the ACC Network Extra, Towson visiting our Wake Forest Steeman Deacons. There is no spread here. I saw somewhere on a sketchy offshore, offshore site, uh, she sells seashells by the seashore. There you go. There you go. Now the- uh, a line of 17 and a half, which is like offensively low if you're a Wake Forest fan. Uh, I've got Wake here 52 to 10. I, I think that Sam Hartman's hype train is going to get into full gear here. Wake by a lot. Keep an eye on Sam Hartman for purposes of the Kendall Hinton quarterback battle that he's going to be immersed in when he gets back from suspension. So, yeah. Yeah. Sam Hartman. I want to see more at first half Sam Hartman from last week rather than second half of Sam Hartman. Let's let's keep an eye on that. You know, I, I don't think Sam Hartman will make a ton of mistakes against Towson, but if he throws a pick, let's see how he reacts. Is it going to be a little bit better than last week where he just completely crumbled and was a different quarterback? Or is it going to be, okay, well, I made a mistake. I bounce back and still throw like four or five touchdown passes. That would be a really encouraging sign for Wake Forest fans. That's about the only thing to watch in this football game. Uh, you know the thing that I want to watch in this game? Like, the only thing that could possibly draw me into watching this game? What would that be? I want to watch Greg Dortch run circles around Towson defenders. Yes. I like Dortch. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm here for Greg Dortch. I, I want to watch him run absolute circles around these Towson defenders, and that, that very well might happen. So, uh, yeah, enjoy that if you watch that. Yeah. Uh, one o'clock, ACC Network Extra. The Boston College Eagles hosting the Crusaders from Holy Cross, Mike. And uh, again, I, I mean, is there anything worth watching here? Uh, AJ Dillon, probably a get right game for him after only having 98 yards. Yeah. After only having 98 yards on 20 carries last week, uh, he's going over 100 this week. Yeah. I'm going like 198 yards on five carries. Wow. Okay. He's going to average about 40 yards per carry in this game. I think that's that's a fair assessment. And ball game. <laughs> yeah, we'll just call it at halftime. This is one of those uh, running clock things, I think, in the fourth quarter. Give me Boston College 59-3. to three. Just yep. run it up. BC by a lot. Yeah, the uh, the good old Steve Adazio flying circus is going to light up the crossaders here, which, you know, don't get used to me saying the uh, Steve Adazio flying circus lighting up anybody, but... Or the Scott Leffler flying circus. Uh, sure, sure. Uh, two o'clock on the ACC Network Extra, at least we're spacing these out in some uh, unreasonable... F- I don't know how we're doing this. This is some weird TV times. The uh, You're Virginia Tech Hokies, number 12 at home, hosting both William and Mary, Mike. Uh, ACC Network Extra, again, no line here. Virginia Tech should get a nice little uh, little breather I think this is the segment, you know, if you run like a sprint uh, for like a 400 meter sprint and then you get to take like a little bit of a jog around the track the next time, this is the jog for Virginia Tech. They're going to get a little uh, little bit of a breather here. Yeah, William William and Mary is going to need William and Mary and Julie and Jane and, you know, Steve and they're going to need a lot of people. I'm going to be at this game. Uh, Should I shotgun a beer for every touchdown Virginia Tech scores or do you think that's a bad idea? Mm, Like... During the game or like over the course of the weekend or? Uh, well, it's going to be tough during the game because they, they don't do beer sales in Lane Stadium. So that'll be a little tough. But I don't know. Maybe later. 
Seems dangerous. There might be a lot of touchdowns here. Yes. Uh, Virginia Tech scoring in the 50s here, right? Uh, I've got a final score of a very nice final score, actually. Up to you. Virginia Tech 69, William & Mary 6. Nice. Yes. Nice. Uh, I don't want to drink, uh, carry the one, uh, eight and a half beers. (laughs) I'm good. Mm -hmm. Almost almost nine beers, actually. I'm good. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I'll pass on that. Uh, Virginia Tech by a lot here. I, yeah, I need you to come back for the show next week. Um, yeah. So be, be very careful. I can't do this alone. <laughs> I can't go on without you, Mike. Yeah. 3.30 ACC Network Extra, the Syracuse Orange hosting Wagner. Wagner's dead already. Um, Can we make this game interesting in any way, shape, or form? Sure. Syracuse's defense is actually competent. Mm, uh, no, let's not go that far. That's the way That's the way that it would be interesting. It'd be like, wow, that's a shocker. Um, if Syracuse could pitch a shutout here, that would be interesting. That would. They're not going to. Mm-mm. Wagner, Wagner so. will score. They won't score a lot, but they will score. Yeah. I think Syracuse runs it up here. Give me Syracuse 80 to 17. Holy hell. I don't know how you get to. I guess you score 11 touchdowns and kick a field goal. They can do that. They don't have that mercy was, on these games. A little quick math there. I like it. Um, yeah, sure. yeah, Syracuse's defense is atrocious, but uh, will Wagner cross the 50 yard line here? I'm going to go yes. I'm going to go yes as well because I just said they'd score a little bit. So give me Syracuse by like 40 or something. They might be pitching a shutout at halftime. I would expect they will be. I think Wagner gets on the board at some point mid-third quarter, gets a couple of garbage time scores in the fourth. And that's, that's oh yeah, 80 to 17 Syracuse. I feel pretty good about that. Go Orange. That's right. Uh, Mike... Six o'clock now. Again, super weird timing on some of these games. ACC Network Extra, number 22, Miami, hosting Savannah State. Um, Get right, game. (laughs) I actually saw a line on this game on an article. I don't even know where they got this from. It was Miami minus 54 and a half. Oh, my God. 54 and a half point favorites, Miami. And actually, Mike, I'm going to say they don't cover. Okay. I'm gonna say they don't cover because I am nothing if not a hater. I've got well, Miami 55 to nine. You ruined you ruined my game. So let me try this. <laughs> Is there a better chance that Miami covers 54 and a half or that Malik Rozier completes greater than 54 and a half percent of his passes in this football game? I'll go Malik Rozier, but only because Rozier, of Savannah God. State. Rozier, yeah, sorry. this is gonna take some getting used to. Only because it's Savannah State. Most opponents, I would I would pick him to go under 54 and a half percent. I'd also not pick Miami to cover 54 and a half against most opponents. A lot but, of moving parts here. Yeah, this is uh there's there's some galaxy brain stuff going on here. So I'm gonna avoid thinking too hard about it. Miami 55 to 9. That's that's my final score on that. I've started getting bored and trying to pick different numbers. Hey, also fun scenario that Cam threw out there um on Twitter today. So what's going to be the reaction if 12 throws an early pick? Mm-hmm. Because Cam says he probably won't because it's Savannah State, but what if he does? But what if he did? Um, I want to know as well. Cam wants to know. I want to know. I think I know what what the reaction would be. And not good. I'll tell you that. Yeah. My my advice to Malik Rozier is not to do that because I don't think he wants to find out what happens if he does. That, that uh, could get correct. real dicey for him and his starter job real quickly. Is the backup better than the starter? Uh, I, solid verbal. I don't think he wants to find out. I don't no. think he wants to find out. No, but we do. Yeah, I, I'm curious. I think I know the answer. 
I think I might. Seven o'clock on the ACC Network Extra, Louisville hosting Indiana State. Um, and again, this is one of the ones I think could maybe go a little bit sideways, but that's, I think, probably because Indiana State is supposed to have a pretty decent basketball program. It has nothing to do with their football team. In honor of the podcast, the Basketball Conference podcast. Sure, yeah. Um, Louisville actually opening up a new uh, addition to their stadium. They closed in the uh, the one of the ends of it. I don't even know which direction it would be, but the uh, the, the athletic facility they would run out of and run down the hill and run underneath the Cardinal and all that. Uh, they closed that end of the stadium in, so it's now a full bowl. They got a nice Adidas logo up in the upper deck seats, uh, three stripe life, and uh, yeah, I think Louisville probably runs away with this game. Give me Louisville forty eight seventeen. I don't think they're going to try to pound them into the ground quite at the end. Yeah, it's fair. Nice that they have the uh, three stripe life going in their stadium. Um, I'm more of a Russell guy myself. Uh, Indiana. You're a monster. I just want to see your reaction. Um, (laughs) God, I love recording these. Indiana State. um, Larry Bird's not going to save you in this one. Uh, Louisville by a lot. Like, a lot. There's not a whole lot to say here. Um, We get to see Juwan pass in all his glory here. Um, There are like four or five touchdown passes and Maybe he'll get outside the pocket and run a little bit um, because I've been told he can run. Uh, we haven't seen a ton of it. I know he's more of a pocket passer, but maybe he runs a little bit. Maybe. I don't know. Mike, are you trusting the defense that belongs to the notorious BVG to keep Indiana State in the single digits here? Uh, no. 49 to 13. Speaking of which, uh, Indiana State actually laid waste to the world-famous Quincy Hawks last week, 45 we to nothing. The, we are the Hawks. Yeah, the uh, the Quincy Hawks, which I – is that in Indiana? I, it must be. Don't know. Um, are is they, that like one of those arena league teams? Are they a Division three school? They are I, a Division two school, except for men's volleyball, as we find out. Say, I have a. There are a lot of questions here. Um, they represent Quincy University in Quincy, Illinois, which now I have more questions about where the hell that is. I don't think you want to know. Well, Wikipedia is telling me. Um, it is like the westernmost part of Illinois, which is probably not the best part. Let's go there. Population um, 17. Population of 40,000 people. All right. So that's, that's a booming metropolis right there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, so we'll get back to that because Indiana State beat them 49 to nothing last week, and I think it might be closer to 49 to nothing Louisville this week. So, yeah, uh, cards big, easy. Yep. Last game, Mike, uh, 6.20 Central Time, so that's now 7.20 Eastern Time. Florida State trying to get right against Samford. This is on the ACC Network Extra as well. I mean, they'll score against Samford, right? We're uh- sure. Uh, unless unless Samford fakes injuries on defense, <laughs> then, then I don't then I don't know. Yeah, I mean I'm, I mean that really slows down the Willie Taggart offense. Um, so keep an eye on that. Yeah. So in in defense of the Florida State fans and faithful that were uh, up on Twitter in the last couple of days, like making a big stink about that. Yes, there was there were a couple of things that looked kind of suspect on replays and this kind of thing, but did it really impact the game? Is that the thing that caused you to have negative yards on red zone plays? No. I'm it's- all about optics. I'm all about optics here. Um, yeah. Anyway, 
it doesn't look good when you lose by three touchdowns to a tech team that was a seven and a half point underdog coming to your house. It doesn't look good when that's what you're talking about. Um, they were just so dysfunctional on offense to begin. Like, it, it's not even necessarily that they lost outright. It's kind of how they lost. I mean, they looked bad. They they looked they looked unprepared, ill prepared, bad, gross. You know, not good on offense. Not ready. Um, just it's a scheme thing. Maybe early in the year, maybe they turn out okay. I think they probably will be at some point. Um. I mean, they're going to kick the crap out of Stanford. Uh, it's going to be a lot of points here. Um, Florida State hits 50 points in this game, I think. And they win by a lot. Does Stanford score here? I don't think they do. I'm going to say they do. 56-6, to six, Florida State. Okay. Two field goals or a touchdown? Two field goals. Yeah. Okay. Two field goals. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I mean, they're going to... Florida State's going to try to feel better on this game. So, um, yeah. Knowles, big. Big. Mike, that's all I got. We got our ACC picks of the weekend. We got Clemson A&M under 54 and a half for me. Pittsburgh and Penn State to go over 56 for you. We were uh, combining our picks. If you look, we were both 5-2-1 and one overall on all these picks last week. Problem was our picks of the week, we were both wrong. Uh, so we start the season on the wrong foot, 0-1. Uh, but we're going to get right this week. We're going to get it right. You feel good? I do. We, we, I mean, we have to. We're both on the same page on all these games, which is either a really good or a really bad thing. So let's, I guess we will find out. I was going to say, let's find out together. Yeah. There's a couple of big numbers that we took, we laid points on. But, I mean, it's games against Georgia State and East Carolina. So, right. hey, I mean, right. we get it. Yep. Mike, anything else before we get out of here? We are good, buddy. We are good. Week two. I got to go uh, experience the emotional trauma that is watching the Atlanta Falcons play football. Uh, so we got to get out of here, but uh, with the games this weekend, please enjoy them. While you're watching them, come find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel CFB, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Uh, y'all can send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns, things you want to hear us talk about on the next show, anything at all. Send it all to the longest email address, no demand, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Hoorah. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, the Overcast app, wherever fine podcasts are sold for free and in the future, perhaps on Spotify, but we'll get back to you on that. Yep. And Mike, tell them where they can find us on the social medias. Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there, Joey. Yes, please do. Please do. And you can also find us on YouTube. You can go search for us, basketball conference. Uh, we've been posting videos of these uh, these shows on there, and there's a, a glorious comments section that is uh, kind of coming to life there. So uh, go join the conversation there, and we would love to uh, enjoy some uh, friendly debate, we will say. And you'll also have plenty of opportunity to tell us we were wrong, so just go do that there. Uh, Mike, anything else before we get out of here? Yeah, rate and review our podcast on iTunes. I'll shoot the link Hell out yeah. again. Always do that. Tell your friends, too. That, that's a good, healthy thing you should always be doing. Yeah, tell your friends if you like the show. And if you don't like the show, still tell your friends, because any publicity is good publicity. So we'll take it. That's right, Larry Fedora. Um, Mike, have a safe trip to Blacksburg and Thanks, uh, enjoy the games. And we will uh, we'll talk later this weekend when uh, these games we got uh, some games to recap. Sounds good, buddy. All right. Well, until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy week two. We will talk to you later this weekend. And until then, go ACC. Go ACC.